Welcome back to the cast of us, an untitled Last of Us podcast on HBO. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, we're on episode two and uh, things are looking uh, even more bleak than episode one uh, as we are getting more into the minutia of the infected which is what the title of this episode is called simply infected directed by neil Druckmann and written by craig mazin yes today we are talking about season one episode two of hbo's the last of us if you're new to this show um this is a show that uh, eric and i do together each and every week right as hbo's the last of us ends at 10 p.m eastern uh every sunday uh we're two entertainment critics we host a couple other podcasts called uh the untitled movie podcast and titled movie news uh, what's cool about news. this? Oh, movie news, movie reviews. My bad. Sorry. But we cover a we don't lot do a news show we, yet. No, you know what that we do in terms of covering news on the main, on the show, main yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, what we love about this is Eric has never played The Last of Us. Nope. Uh, I am obsessed with The Last of Us. Uh, so each week we're going to break down, recap, review uh, each episode of The Last of Us. Uh, appreciate everyone uh, who checked out episode one as well as our season one. Uh, full review, no spoilers. Uh, you can check both of those episodes out right here on the Cast of Us channel or on YouTube. Uh, if you could drop us a like on YouTube if you're watching, uh, we would really appreciate that. Drop us that review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. We'd appreciate that as well. But uh, thank you to everyone who checked out those first couple episodes. And if you haven't and you're just kind of tuning in for this, uh, go back and listen to episode one as well as our pre-season episode where we review the whole season. Which is spoiler-free. That. That's also really important. Spoiler-free. Yeah. We So and on this show, I just want to be clear. So we'll be breaking down everything that happens in episode two of The Last of Us. Uh, that means full spoilers for this episode, obviously. I will be describing some of the differences uh between the show and the game so if you haven't played the game like light spoilers but i mean this is a pretty faithful adaptation it's more additive stuff that they've done to the show and some heavier changes here and there but uh, if you don't want to know anything about the differences between the game I, I will be kind of pointing those out just want to give everyone a heads up there uh but no future spoilers either so we're only going to be even though we've seen the whole season you can check out our spoiler free review of the full season uh but we will only be talking about the episode that you guys just finished watching uh that just ended we will not be talking about anything that happens in future episodes that being said eric let's get into it uh season one episode two infected uh quickly i guess we didn't do this the first episode but i think we should just kick it off with like how'd you feel about this episode overall like a quick review before we get into the breakdown this episode clicks ass uh so <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> yeah. uh no i i have to say that um a chilling continuation impressively expands on the ambitious scale and scope of the dystopian world being depicted. The opening prologue is more frightening than any fungus. And you really do feel that, you know, it, it is expanding on the international scale of, of how people are dealing with uh, the fungus infection. And again, you know, going back to episode one, there was a little Easter egg that was kind of a tip off for what is to come. And I think that's telling you, you know, to pay attention to the little details because they might lead into a storyline or a segment or be more important than you think. Um, that, and I think that's what we're going to try to do in this show, right? Exactly. So, you know, 
we're going back, Matt. We're going back to 2003, September 24th, but not in America. No, in Jakarta, Indonesia. And so there, you know, we, we, we get an international scale of things. And right away, what I kind of was starting to think about was Steven Soderbergh's Contagion. And that, you know, Contagion, even though the, the, the first kind of viral outbreak happens on U.S. soil with, with Gwyneth Paltrow's character and Matt Damon, you know, we, we see how the virus in that movie spreads and how it becomes an international pandemic, you know, and like it's not just in yeah. one country or, or it's not just, you know, uh, Americanized. And so this yeah. is telling you how, you know, this virus is going to affect everybody and the earth as a whole. And I think also, yeah. again, this opening prologue is chilling. Absolutely. It chilling. really is. Yeah. Uh, another difference from the game. I'm right with you. Uh, I think this episode also clicks ass. Like it, it's, I mean, our first real kind of uh, interaction with a clicker, which I think is awesome. Um, I, we did get a hint of a clicker at the end of uh, episode one when they're walking into the city uh, right at the end as Depeche Mode played. But yeah, I think that opening, which is not part of the game, uh, that prologue here um, is it's not something I ever thought I like needed, right? Like more backstory on how the infection started. It's just like, oh, you know, when you're playing the game, it's like, yeah, okay, this thing happened. The world's gone to shit. There are kind of these infected people that are trying to kill you. All the humans are trying to kill you. Everything's trying to kill you. Who cares how it started, right? You're playing a video game. Um, I think in a TV show, I think especially when you're trying to ground it in a, in a real world, I think it is kind of important to show how it started and like how it escalated so quickly um, over like the course of just a couple days, right? And like how serious this was from the beginning to the point of like some of the best epidemiologists and best doctors and, and best scientists uh, right from the beginning were like, there you cannot stop this it is impossible uh we are fucked <laughs> and then like that's basically and like you said it is so chilling and 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 kind of when you set it and show it what's happening in other parts of the world i think it does kind of just ground it even more and set it in the real world where yeah it's it's the game was so singular on Joel and Ellie and everyone you meet has to be you know, quickly along the way because you were playing as that character where um, I think that prologue in this episode really shows what they can do in a television format uh, with this story to differentiate itself from the game. And that continues throughout this whole episode. I think um, all the interactions between Tess and Joel and Ellie as they're kind of going through that interaction with the clicker in the museum, I think is is uh, creepy. And, and I love the practical effects um, that they use throughout this with the mix of CG. I think for most people, Tess's uh, sacrifice and her death will be uh, surprising because I think like it, it's it's got that HBO kind of thing like they've done in Game of Thrones where anyone could go at any moment. Yes, you know this is Joel and Ellie's show; they are the protagonists. But um, anyone that they meet could be gone in a second, right? Just based on this world and like even if they're big name actors or anything like that. So um, yeah, I thought it, uh, this episode you know was awesome and um, I think just continued to be a very faithful um, adaptation while still adding um a ton to the story for other characters or the characters that we already know so yeah uh fantastic um i cannot wait 
uh, for people to just see even more of this because it just keeps getting better and better. Um, all right, let's go through the recap. As you mentioned, Eric, we start in a uh, surprising place for me when it opens in uh, September 24th, 2003 in Jakarta, Indonesia. Yes, if you were listening in that first episode, we referenced it on the radio. I mean, obviously, they have a conversation about where Jakarta is, but you heard some distressing things were happening in Jakarta. So at the beginning of the episode, we see uh, what happens. So uh, it begins with um, Ibu Ratna, who is a professor, uh, right, Eric? Of mycology, um, uh, yes. Of mycology um, in Indonesia, um, a another military man comes in and grabs her. She's at a restaurant um, and takes her and says, "Like basically, uh, we need your help with something." Um, There's something important there that ride, I want to I mention about. Yeah, that. please. So please, man. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not completely versed in the politics, but obviously, yeah. the 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 military there is 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 a police kind of military. So when yeah. they come into that restaurant and ask for her, she's fearing for her life because she's fearing that she's yeah. going to be taken away and either jailed or imprisoned or um, worse, executed because she's also an educated individual, a highly intelligent individual. And I think that that is really important because even when they're in the car, she asks if she's committed a crime. Yeah. yeah, Or even like she apologizes to them, you know, in a way for like, Oh, don't worry about, you know, interrupting me during, you know, my, my lunch, I was almost finished anyways. And do do you have Mm -hmm. the right name? Is it, you know, those little things add some context to the historical value, you know, of, of the government and how it behaves. And I also think at the end of this prologue, it's going to be really important to look where the fear is coming from and and how the roles are reversed in this opening prologue. Cause you see her performance in that, in that ride is in just in her face is, is fantastic of how fearful she is for this and not knowing they, she has no idea what, they're bringing her into essentially. Uh, so she's brought into, uh, seems like a hospital or a research center. Um, and then they lead her into, uh, kind of a, a room with a, another scientist who is examining a, um, with a tele, not a telescope microscope, microscope, uh, basically something and say, Hey, we need you to, uh, check this out. And then the scientist, uh, is going to, uh, say something to her and you're like, no, don't say anything. We want her, kind of unbiased opinion unbiased opinion on what's going on uh so doc, uh, dr ratna kind of looks at this um uh, specimen and, and looks at it and she asks a few questions of going like um well this is she mentions that it, cordyceps at that moment does she yeah. at that yeah she's like oh this is uh, cordyceps where where did you get this what's it from why did you prep it this way and she's like, usually you prep it that way if it's a human, a sample from a human. And then they're like, it, it is from a human. And you can just kind of see how unsettled she is throughout this entire thing. But also just and kind like, of taken aback, right? Like it's like that, that's impossible. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. Because yes, in that first yeah. episode, we hear that conversation from the epidemiologist where they're talking about, you know, uh, John Hanna's character mentions that, you know, global all it needs to be is global warming to, to get a little bit warmer but the the viral yeah she says cordyceps can't exactly survive in humans right like she says that right to them and then she is led into a room uh wearing a full kind of hazmat suit 
um, where you can kind of just see how unsettled she is throughout this whole thing. They say, if you feel sick, please let us know right away. Um, and then there is a, uh, a body, uh, uh, what seemingly is a, is a dead body on the table. And she kind of performs not necessarily like an autopsy, but she examines this, this corpse, um, basically to see what is going on here. So she, um, she basically opens, uh, this person's mouth. Well, before that, she checks the wound of the leg that's been bitten. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where it's a bite mark. Yeah. The, 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 um, I don't know his rank, but the, the, the government official, the, the, the soldier says, says she was bitten yeah. there. So she goes down there and she sees the bite and that's where the true concern I think comes in her face. And it just completely takes her aback. And you know that now this isn't just, you know, a fantasy or this isn't just simply some sort yeah. of like, it's actually it's living in a human. Yeah. It's incubating. Yeah, she cuts inside. open the wound at, and she says, is this from a human? And then she cuts open the, the, the bite wound and you see some of the kind of fungus, the cordyceps fungus, uh, basically growing out of the wound. And then that's when she examines the mouth and pulls out some of the cordyceps fungus from, uh, the corpse's mouth. And it kind of like twitches and crawls out. And then she basically freaks out, runs out of the room. Um, and then we cut to her. Uh, what is seemingly in a kind of a waiting room or a living room area. Uh, she's not home yet, but she's having this conversation uh, with this officer uh, basically of, of what's going on. And he um, basically describes that it happened at a flour and grain factory. Um, uh, some of the workers there uh, basically uh, one of them started freaking out, uh, bit an, uh, another person at this factory and basically they had to kind of uh, take this person down, which is the person that we saw uh, getting to this sort of autopsy done on. Um, then uh, Ibu uh, Ratna um, asks a few questions of like, oh, okay, well, you you killed this woman. How many other, are there many other people missing um, from the factory? And they say 12 people are, are missing from the factory. Is it 12 or is it and 14? And that's kind of... Uh, I think it's 14. You're right. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, it's 14. So 14 people are missing, uh, from the factory and you can kind of, this performance I think is fantastic and is the most chilling thing. Um, and they ask her like, we, we brought you here because you're a specialist in this. Like we need you to help us to stop this. From develop spreading. a vaccine. Um, yeah. And develop a, a cure a vaccine. And, and she, this is where she goes. Like, there is no cure. There is no vaccine. Like I've, I've studied this my entire life and there is no way you are going to find a vaccine for this or, or a cure for this. So what you need to do is bomb the city. <laughs> She's like, you need to bomb the city and stop this from spreading. You need to kill everyone here. Um, and just make sure you get this because you don't know where those 14 people are and how fast this can spread. Um, which is just her performance and just that scene alone and the slow pan into her with the music. Well, her holding is, that is, cup of tea as well. When, yeah. you, when oh, the officer shaking, gives right? her the yeah. tea and her conclusion, it's almost like, again, she can't believe she's saying this. And, yeah. you know, there again, this goes to the, the idea of like, is there any hope within humanity left? And also can humanity survive? Because this is basically saying wipe out you know, this entire area and, and with the people, make sure the people are in the vicinity when the bombs are dropped. And when you see her kind of, you know, putting the tea down, 
and then telling him this. And then when it cuts to his reaction of his yeah. fear, it's again, like the roles have been reversed at the beginning of this. She was afraid being brought in by the government as though she would become a political prisoner or executed. And then by the end of it, she's the one giving the most extreme, you know, sort of uh, diagnosis and sort of, um, you know, decision to make in terms of what to do. And then after that is finished, you know, you can tell she's holding back the emotion, but she's like, can you drive me back home to be, so I can be with my family now. And it is just, which is disturbing and, and, and so tragic. Very, very much so. Yeah. It's um, she basically knows at that point, uh, what is what's going on and and that she needs to kind of she just wants to be with her family and basically her telling them that like you need to bomb everyone means her and her family as well so like they're like being there's no time for this you need to basically do this uh immediately um or or we're we're screwed um and then it kind of cuts to the it was that was the cold open and it cuts to the incredible last of us hbo credits um yeah uh Absolutely not in the game, but I love the added context. I already kind of mentioned that. And um, I think like them really hammering down um, in these first two episodes that like you can't cure this thing. Like she has studied this thing her whole life. And and even if they had something that could help them for that, like uh, you can't cure this. So I think that's an interesting kind of thing that they're really pointing out, especially with Ellie you know, being immune. And I I guess maybe Ellie is one of the first uh, to be immune, like at least in this group of people to see, um, which is why they have hope uh, with her. But I think it's an interesting kind of thing to really hammer down being like some of the biggest specialists in the world say you cannot cure this thing. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing that they'll, that they really hammering down even more than they did in the game. Well, again, even from Um, an international perspective, because like we often think, okay, like, you know, whether it be uh, a viral infection or a disease, we always look to, you know, an international perspective, like always think about like, okay, what's being developed in places like, you know, Switzerland or or things like that. There's always cutting edge technology or medication that other parts of the world are, you know, more on a fast track than we are. And if somebody else can't figure it out who might be the one to do it then i think we are truly screwed um and that's yeah. kind of how i mean it talk you mentioned cold opening talk about the coldest of openings you know yeah and, and again, really depressing really kind of you need a week after watching this to to really just like decompress yeah i know um i I'm so glad it's weekly because, yeah, I feel like after each episode, you're like, whew, okay, like I need a I need a second. Um, after the credits, um, we are now back in the present. Um, we open with Ellie uh, sleeping inside. Uh, you think it's like a daycare, Eric, or something like that? I think it's like, like a daycare or a library yeah. or something. And, and this is something yeah. I want to mention quickly because I think the production design is being very specific with how not only they've – you know, the, 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 how the composition frames her, but she is in kind of, you know, they're, they're in this building, but the building has kind of, you know, uh, there, there's been some grow over and overgrown and she's lying in, you know, this grassy part. And, you know, you have this cutoff where the light is also cut off and you have both Joel and Tess watching her. And then they have a conversation with her, which we'll get into in, in a second. But I think what's interesting there is it's showing you how, 
you know, this character, you know, is possibly infected from the point of view of, of Joel and Tess and Joel and Tess also being more kind of pragmatic and rational and maybe even, you know, veering on pessimistic because they've gone through so much and experienced the world in a way that Ellie hasn't. And Ellie is kind of, you know, almost weirdly innocent and, 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 and framed in a way where light is coming down on her. And I think all of that is factoring into the conversation that they're going to have. Yeah, I love that. So um, basically Tess and Joel are, like Eric mentioned, looking over her gun in hand, basically still very skeptical that she won't turn, right? Like they, at this point, I think they're thinking maybe it's just slow moving in her and that eventually she will turn. Um, So they have this conversation um, basically asking you know, Ellie, Ellie says like, Oh, I have to go to the bathroom. Can you just like, let me, let me go. And they kind of question her for a bit. Um, and that they've said, they've heard this story before. Like they ask her why she's so important, I believe. Right. And then, um, at this point, and then she talks about how, you know, they want to bring her to the fireflies because they want to maybe develop a vaccine. Um, her being the key to a vaccine to kind of, um, you know, cure this thing. And I think that's really interesting to have that conversation right after the scene we saw right before this. Right. And that Joel and Tess at this point, like Joel almost like rolls his eyes when he hears it of being like, I've heard this a million fucking times in the 20 years from the fireflies and other people. Like he, he's skeptical of everyone at this point. Um, he's basically at that cynical point of being like, there is no way to cure this thing. Like there isn't like we we've said this over and over again and it never works no matter what they say of this being the key to the vaccine or this being the key to the vaccine. I've heard this a million times. Um, so I think that's, uh, uh, that's kind of, uh, interesting to have that juxtaposition between the scene we saw right before that. Let me know if, yeah, you, and if I, I missed I, any I would definitely say also Ellie telling them right away because she even says, I can't believe I'm telling the first people because Marlene told me not to, or I would be killed. And so, yeah. you know, I think that that's an interesting way of going about it because in, 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 from the perspective of writing, you could extend that and, and you could keep that kind of a mystery or, you know, kind of have her kind of maybe lie to them and convincingly tell them something that's not true, but instead she's just straightforward with them right away. And it kind of, you know, yeah. resolves that issue and doesn't make it a dramatic beat that maybe would kind of aggravate some people to get to the point. Like we, we, we know that this character is immune. She's been established as so. And so now it's kind of like, okay, well let's, you know, convincingly get them on board and let her just say like, this is what the fireflies think I am. Yeah. And this is who I am. And, and this is why I'm valuable to them. And then, you know, that's why I'm, I'm the precious cargo, so to speak. Yeah. So Joel and Tess then have a conversation on basically if they should take her, um, if they should take her to the fireflies. And then they, uh, Tess kind of convinces Joel or they convince each other that like, they definitely need these supplies. They need the battery. Um, they need the, like basically a way to get to Tommy and, and all that kind of stuff. So let's just bring her to who she needs to, uh, get to these other fireflies and let's just like get this over with and they can deal with her basically when, when they take her, um, there's a cute, uh, not a cute moment, but I think shows some of Ellie's personality where she pretends to be infected for a second. <laughs> like, um, so I think like even in that moment, she's not really taking, 
this all seriously like she still has that childlike innocence and like i mentioned in the last episode of like growing up in this world she doesn't kind of have that same worldview that tess and joel have so like even through all of this she feels like she can joke about her being infected knowing that she's not infected but to them that's still like that would be very kind of not necessarily insensitive but like um i just think it's it a nice moment to show Ellie. It's not something to joke about, um, right? And then on top of that, I think there's another yeah. funny joke. But then that's kind of Ellie, right? Yeah. yeah. There's like. there's also a good little bit of uh, dad humor uh, in 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 this scene as well because Ellie has to go to the bathroom, so she's thrown a magazine by Tess to use as uh, toilet paper, yeah. which makes you really appreciate toilet paper even more. Oh yeah. Um, but when she goes to the back, you know, uh, Ellie says, "Is there anything dangerous back there?" And then Joel just says, "Just you." You know, and, yeah. and so with yeah. that, like that line, like it's just like the perfect dad humor, and it makes sense for for Joel and and even Tess to kind of have that kind of um, dry deadpan delivery a little bit there. Yeah. Um, they all share a kind of meal together, where Ellie has a sandwich that was packed by Marlene. Chicken sandwich. Um, uh, yeah, chicken sandwich, and Joel has uh, some jerky. The ultimate survivor um, crude. <laughs> yeah. They ask her about um, kind of the chicken sandwich and things like that. Uh, basically, they have a bit more of a conversation. I forget exactly the details um, there. But essentially after this. Well, they, they talk a little out. bit. Ellie talks a little bit about how like Marlene and the Fireflies didn't kill her when they found her and when she was infected. And. Oh, like why didn't she? Like yeah. why did Marlene kind and of the testing that they did? Like that, yeah, right. Yes, the testing of her counting to ten and holding her arm out, um, and things like that. So I feel like it's just kind of even questioning her more to make sure, like, should should we do this? Should we trust her? Like, like basically, oh, this is that was right before she pretends to be infected. Yeah. Um. So then they kind of leave, uh, this office or daycare wherever they were. Um, and then go out into uh, the city. So Ellie, she walks out and kind of sees the kind of, uh, not Siri, stop it, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you didn't get that. No, you're okay. You're okay. Um, she sees the city for the first time, basically. Like she's never been outside of the quarantine zone. So um, her going out, and it was nighttime um, when they first left. So um you would think there would be no lights or anything. So she couldn't see Jack shit. So her going out and looking out uh, into the city, I think is, is kind of a, a really cool moment in the production design. Um, I love, I know it reminded you of something else. Eric. Yeah. So when, when, I mean, I was going to make a shipping out to Boston joke, but when they, when they first, you know, go outside again and the camera kind of comes back into focus with the light coming in, it's interesting because there are a couple of buildings, one of which is kind of collapsed on its side and talking about, you know, the bombing yeah. of, of cities. Um, it really yeah. did remind me of Maze Runner, the, the Scorch Trials, because there's a couple buildings in that in terms of the production of design where the buildings are on the side. And in that movie, they use it as a set piece where, you know, some of the characters in that movie are being chased by, again, infected or, or, or you know, uh, creatures i don't know what they call them in that i can't remember it's been a while yeah um but you see them kind of like almost the titular mazes the titular mazes you see them kind of running <laughs> through this building that's on its side in that movie and so just again you know there's going to be a lot of this like even in that opening sequence as well and even the way that joel 
looks. Uh, he he has the kind of I am legend, you know, Richard Matheson kind of, you know, yeah. leading man kind of thing. And then I think the other aspect of the production design that's worth mentioning in this episode is some of it doesn't look necessarily realistic in 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 any way or form but not in a bad way like like the cgi the augmentation is is well done but what i like about it in terms of it being artificial is it reminded me of like classic b movies from you know the the 30s 40s and 50s and even you know as we go on in genre movies where it looks like matte paintings where like you have yeah. like the, the perspective of characters walking across an abandoned, you know, highway road or something like that. But then you see, you know, the, the, the building in a way that looks like it's like painted on and it's just like a, a really, cool yeah, I kind effect. of agree with you there for me. It looks ripped straight from the game, right? It has that kind of video gamey look, not in a bad way, I think in a good way. And the show is doing such a good job of kind of like, balancing the more video gamey looks and moments with the kind of hbo drama moments and television moments of it all like that tv though opening is very yeah like that whole opening is very hbo drama where i feel like these moments of them walking through the city that's bombed and having those conversations as they're just kind of walking through is very much from the game like these are the moments you would explore around and try to find the collectibles or look at the other places and like find the kind of environmental storytelling and you're getting a bit of that here and it yeah it doesn't necessarily look a hundred percent realistic but it it has a vibe to it or it has a look to it to your point that like Again, a lot of post-apocalyptic movies, TV shows can all look sort of samey, right? You have a lot of overgrown, you know, um, foliage and trees and vines and stuff like that, dilapidated, broken buildings, um, thing cars laid across the streets. But there's something very Last of Us uh, to this. Just it looks like it's ripped from the game, and maybe it's just because I've played the game so much, where maybe others will feel like it does feel derivative of every other kind of post-apocalyptic thing but even based on that first episode it seems like it it still has that very last of us vibe to it where it feels like its own thing and maybe that was painterly or kind of video gamey backgrounds kind of add to that um, which i think is cool yeah it weirdly also reminds me a little bit and and i'm not saying the quality because the quality is much better (laughs) than than the movie uh that i'm referencing but double double dragon there were in terms sure. of its post-apocalyptic dystopian of, of Los Angeles did a lot of matte matte paintings. And yeah. when you're watching that movie, you're kind of more impressed with what they were able to do with such a small budget. And matte paintings are a thing that are, it, it's, it's a stylistic choice and it's an interesting one. Again, I don't know if it really is for this show, but it just has, it invokes that feeling of when you're watching it, where like the perspective isn't necessarily real. And, and to what you're mentioning, there's a video game quality to it, but there's also a stylistic choice where I could see a lot of people mm-hmm. kind of just brushing it aside and saying it's, it's, it's poorly composited or the effects aren't great. I think I it works. Yeah. I think it's actually quite I think good. it looks better than most Marvel movies lately. Yep. Right. Like I feel like they still put enough. Um, and this is coming from someone who loves Marvel, like, and loves Marvel movies. But like you look at Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and some of those trailers and you're like, Oh boy. Okay. Let's maybe, uh, let's maybe sit on these things for a little bit longer and, Quantumania is going to be Jorowski's Dune. (laughs) And and maybe pay our uh, special effects artists a little bit more and give them more time with things, right? But like even with Last of Us, like you can tell it's a mix of great production design and great and and good use of special effects. Because like you can tell that they spent a lot of money on taking the Calgary area and making it look like 
you know, this post-apocalyptic wasteland, right? Like a lot of the physical sets that they're walking on, they built with like stuff. And then it's just the backgrounds to your point that are added in with like the buildings and, and kind of things like that. It's not them just standing in front of a green screen and making all of it, um, you know, basically uh, fake. Like they're, they are on practical sets. And I think you can tell that as they're like climbing over things and going through things. And I think that's, um, adds to the the whole vibe of everything. So uh, Tess, Joel, and Ellie are walking through the city. There's like a quick montage of them like kind of walking through. They talk about it being bombed and why it was bombed. Uh, Tess and Ellie are kind of at, walking ahead of Joel. Um, and then they start to have a conversation. Uh, I think Tess asks Ellie, like, how were you bit? Um, I think that's when this moment happens, right? So then Ellie describes that she... Go ahead, oh yeah, Ellie, I was just going like, to say that she also asks about... Um, is does she have any parents or people that will be looking for her? What her age? Yeah, is? I have that that quote. Yeah. So Ellie describes basically um, that she went into a mall in the quarantine zone, and Tess is like that mall that's all boarded up that no one's supposed to go into, and then basically showing that Ellie's a little bit of a rebel or, or a rule breaker, and um, uh, she describes that she went into the mall, was hanging out, um, and basically. Uh, got bit by a, a, a an infected while she was in there it popped out of nowhere and bit her um and then she was like Tess has that one conversation or like that one quote of like you were all by yourself and like um which I think is interesting oh, and yeah. then uh she goes any and she goes anyone coming after you mom dad boyfriend and then Ellie has this look on her face and she's like no nah, I'm an orphan no. like I think yeah basically so little orphan um, Ellie yeah. And then I like this part too, because they directly reference something people were mad about when they heard about it before the show came out, like people who played the game. So Ellie talks about like the rumors of the infected, basically. Like um, she asks, like, oh, I heard that there were different kinds of them. Like one can, uh, has like radar, like a bat, I think she mentions, which are uh, clickers. And then she also goes like, oh, I also heard that they like release spores that you can like breathe in and like, um, and you can get infected that way. And then Tess goes, oh, I, I sure hope not. And like, that's a change. That's a direct reference to something they changed from the game. In the game, uh, the infected release spores at some point when they've, when they've, uh, died and you know when we saw that one in the wall and stuff like that in the in the first episode yeah um basically they release spores and in the game they have to wear gas masks uh while walking through certain areas in buildings where the ventilation is not very good um in case they have to breathe in these spores that could get them infected so they changed that in the show which people were really mad about and changed it to something different which we will get to later which wasn't in the game so they kind of swapped this thing based on what I believe is some research that they did that like uh, they wanted this to be as believable as possible. And I don't think you can be infected by fungus that way through spores. Like it has to be kind of like a direct contact thing. Correct me if I'm wrong um, in the comments or anything like that. But like I, I believe they said, hey, we wanted this to be a bit more realistic. That was the one aspect that made sense for a video game but wasn't realistic. So they kind of took that out and changed it to something else we'll get to, which you guys have seen the episodes, but uh, the episode, if you're listening to this, but it's that thing where the fungus is growing into the the earth and basically that it's all connected at certain points and that you can uh, basically wake up a group of, uh, of infected because you killed one over here or stepped on the wrong spot over here. So um, I think that was interesting that they, it was like a direct reference of like, that was a rumor 
um, in this world is that that could happen and maybe they'll bring it back and maybe it is a thing as it, it can evolve. Right. So um, I thought that was cool. Um, so basically they uh, jump in at any point. No, I was going to say that's, that's, that's good that you um, clarified that because when I, when I first watched the episode, um, I, I wrote uh, stranger things ripped off the last of us because in that last yeah. season of the last of us, the villain, you know, had those lines, yeah, connected to him so that when they entered the Vecna. upside Vecna, <laughs> so when they entered the upside down world, if they stepped on that, it would alert his like bat like creatures. Right. Yeah, so we'll get to that later in in the episode, but basically they changed it uh, uh, to that. Not a direct one-to-one, but that's the addition they made and took out uh, the spores uh, element. Um, So basically they walk through, uh, they see that they can't get through at a certain point. Oh, is this when they look over and they see all the infected on on the ground? Well, first is they they go – they go to the hotel because they want to get a view of the, the land. hotel is first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Of, the, of the landscape. Right. Because that's kind of yeah. like something you'll learn again, like, you know, talking about um, how technology and modern convenience are no longer available. You, you know, they enter this lobby of this hotel um, and it's flooded, it's flooded it's like... and it introduces one of my favorite characters uh, of the film, uh, the piano playing frog, uh, which I just, I was, was just going to bring that up. I, <laughs> I was, man. I love the, again, going to the production design and how this looks like, I love, they just take a moment to kind of give you those establishing shots of the hotel. Um, you get a, some ducks just floating around. You see some lily pads, you see how like basically the animals have taken this back. Right. And then that, um, I, I forgot I was I was talking with my wife yesterday and I go, are animals alive in this universe still? And then I go, oh, yeah, 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 they are um, because it reminded me of something else. Um, and then in this moment, I, I forgot. Yeah, you see the the ducks, you see the frog that jumps on the three keys of the piano. Adorable. And I think like it's it's wonderful. Yeah. And then so you get this. Uh, oh, my God, this is ripped straight from the game, dude. Like this that shot of the hotel. It's just etched in my brain of the sequence of like what this hotel looks like. Um even though it's like maybe slightly different based on how they enter and different things like that. Um, I love the nod that Ellie can't swim um, ripped right from the games. Um, Everyone poked fun at the games because, you know, video games, as much as you want to be grounded in a reality, like I talk about and how the storytelling is emotional and powerful, there's still some very video game elements, especially when you're playing a video game where you have a, a secondary character that you don't control that is following you the whole game. Um, so in, in the game, Ellie can't swim and over and over and over again, you always have to get these crates to, for her to hop on, for you to push her over to a spot for her to jump to somewhere else. And that happens like five times in the game. And it's the exact same thing over and over and over again. There's like certain things from the game of like getting ladders and boosting someone up. That is the very video gamey, repetitive kind of things to get to either solve the puzzle or get to the next area. So I like those little nods to the game and I'm sure it'll maybe come into the story at some point too, with Ellie not being able to swim, which I believe it does in the game, but um, it's, uh, I just think a little nice nod to, you can really tell because Neil Druckmann's involved and, and stuff and that we're at this era where it seems like we can do fan service. We can give those nods. We can be very faithful, but we can also, just uh, tell a great story for the medium that we're adapting it to. So I, I think there's a good balance between fan service and just telling a great story here. 
Um, so Ellie, uh, Joel, there's a funny thing where Joel just steps one foot down and it only goes up to basically his, you know, thighs or something like that. And, um, and Ellie goes, ah, okay. And Joel is a thigh guy in this, in this situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Ellie starts moving things around cause she's exploring the hotel, um, a dead body or like a skeleton kind of jump scare kind of happens as she's pushing, uh, one of the Bellman, um, what do you call those things that holds luggage anyways? Yeah. A Bellman luggage thing cart luggage cart <laughs> um and then uh kind of startles You're everyone as kid. they kind of walk through and you can see joel at this moment like starting to uh care about ellie because he gets like he kind of pops over and um helps ellie and you can even see when he like pulls her out that he kind of like looks at his hand after like he probably hasn't really i bet you he's been very fairly emotionless over the last 20 years other than maybe Tess like and even you mentioned this in the last episode Eric that even his relationship with Tess seems like you know they they seem to be you know partners or lovers but like it also seems like they're just they're benefiting one another like and they might not have been together if the apocalypse didn't happen and they were both trying to smuggle stuff in this quarantine zone so even that like little moment he probably is reminded of you know, helping his daughter Sarah uh, out of something, right? Yeah. Even in that moment of like just pulling Ellie up and 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 helping her out of a situation that startled her, I think is um, just those little moments from Pedro Pascal and Della Ramsey that, like, I feel like we got in the in the first episode, which I think I said um, didn't happen when Ellie and them are in in a room where she mentions uh, Joel's watch and stuff like that. That does happen in the game. It's just not at Joel's apartment. It's at a different place as they're kind of exploring or something like that. I believe so. And, and two, but I just like those little moments. of Yeah. yeah and, and two quick things, because you reminded me of it is that um, in the beginning of this episode, like after the credits, the other thing that's important, I think is that uh, Ellie is playing with the knife that she has that she first used on, tried to use on Joel when they first meet. And she's kind of playing with it when, yeah. when she's sitting down. Um, and then also the other thing we didn't mention, Joel, you know, is is recovering from what he did in the last episode having killed that federal yeah. officer and we see you know the, the the scars on his on his knuckles and him saying like oh it's probably like a hairline fracture and it will heal quickly yeah yeah he mentions that to Tess early and in that moment i just described when he helps ellie up but he does look at his knuckles as he uh brings her up so i think it's that triggers the you know, the Sarah memory, which triggers the military man memory, which triggers him beating that guy to death basically as revenge, even though it's not necessarily the guy who killed his daughter, but it's, you know, basically him letting out that rage that he's been holding in for 20 years. Um, again, I love Ellie's playfulness in that moment in the hotel as well, just of her exploring and kind of, again, not taking everything too, too seriously, um, even though it is a very kind of serious thing that's happening um so they go and explore a bit of the hotel uh they're trying to get up high like eric mentioned to kind of get a view of the the land they get to a point where some rubble has collapsed and they can't get through ellie's like i'm the smallest i should go through i can fit up there and they go absolutely not um you need to wait here uh, well this is us. this is um, also really important i think as well when they first get to the area that they want to they've been climbing flights of stairs. And so when they get to the floor oh, yeah. that they want to, you know, Ellie's like, that was no big deal. Tess and Joel and, are winded. Yeah. yeah. And you know, Tess even mentions, well, if you have knees like ours. And I think again, you know, in, in a time of convenience, we, we take these little things for granted where an elevator 
is available to us. But in this situation, just even doing a simple thing as just, you know, scouting the area from, you know, an above point of view as an advantage, you know, you have to do so much work in order to get such a little payoff, you know, and it takes a toll on you. And I think that like, that's just an important piece of this story as a whole is that those little modern conveniences aren't there to help you out and you have to do so much more in order to get to what to get to where or what you need to do and and i think like again like those little things can be taken for granted with watching this show absolutely man um so then tess goes no i will go through so tess climbs up this rubble again i love the practical nature of all of this because like it actually feels like real rubble <laughs> she's like climbing i the little things i guess you take for granted in filmmaking and television making now where i don't know i just like that tactile nature of everything um like i'm really impressed at the set builds and stuff like that on this show um this is the first moment joel and ellie spend alone which i think is interesting and they don't really like it's awkward at first where joel's just kind of sitting there and they don't know what to talk about and ellie's just kind of playing with her knife um i believe joel goes like compliments her knife and says like nice knife and that goes to your point eric of remembering the knife like we see sarah looking at joel's knife at that beginning of episode uh one uh so joel complimenting them um Basically, they they have this one on one conversation where Ellie asks Joel, like, have you killed uh, infected before? And he goes, yeah, yeah, plenty of times, lots of times. And then she goes, do you ever feel bad because like they were alive at one point or they're still alive? Like basically when you kill them Um, and he kind of goes, you know, sometimes like, isn't that what he says? He's like, yeah, it's it's kind of the the showing of remorse, even though you have to do what's necessary in order to survive. And then Ellie continues to ask more personal questions about, you know, where Joel is from, which he answers, you know, Texas. And then he asks where um, Tess is from Detroit. And there's this kind of joke of like, do you know where those are? It's like, I, I went to school. You oh know? yeah. yeah. Um, you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then like, she starts to ask more personal questions about Joel and Tess's relationship. And he's like, pass. And, and, and so again, you get like, there's a little bit of warming up to, um, you know, Ellie, but not as much as we will probably come to see in later episodes. So like, again, like I think that it's, it's, it's taking its time and it needs to in these scenes and it's just giving you little bits as we're not yeah. only world building, but character building. So it's, these are yeah, Ellie being curious and wants to know more about Joel, right? Like she's putting in the effort to be like, Hey, are you and Tess together? Like, or what's, where are you from? Like actually asking him questions. Um, and Joel's like, past, what are which, you a cop? <laughs> yeah, basically like, he's like, I don't fucking want to tell you shit. Like you could just see how guarded he is. Right. And how he hasn't really let anyone in. And doesn't really want to deal with anyone. It's probably only been Tess and his brother Tommy, right? Like, and even Tommy now he he basically you know Joel's lost everything at this point. Like his brother's not even answering, and he doesn't know if he's alive or not. And like, so I just think he's like, and you can even see the way like he's holding the gun at all times and just being like has his guard up at. Which again, in this world, makes sense that you would be on edge at literally every moment, um, but you can see those, like you said, starting to kind of crack through that, like Ellie's starting to get in there and starting and Joel kind of opens up for a moment and then basically shuts down again. Right. And like, that's like you said, they're slow playing that relationship, 
um, that, you know, he does not care about you are cargo at this point. Like you're not, you're not anything to me other than like this, my goal. Like, I want to see my brother. I want to get these guns. I want to see this. Like, please don't talk to me. Um, now we get to the moment where Ellie walks out and looks at the city uh, from above um, and then sees all the infected uh, on the ground. Uh, basically, there are hundreds of them, I would say. Like, There's a on good the ground. swarm like, of basically, them, yeah. yeah. And they're all together. And then Tess and Jewel mentioned like, oh, they must have uh, come out of all the buildings because they were kind of in there for a long time. And they've all kind of just like are riling on the ground together. Um, this is where we get the exposition uh, of the Stranger Things Vecna thing where uh, they talk about, which I don't think either show took from one another. I think it's just a coincidence, interesting concept or a coincidence um, where they talk about how the fungus has also grown into the earth. So certain packs of infected are kind of not necessarily a hive mind, but they're all connected in the way of like, they're all trying to feed and spread this infection. Right. So uh, the way that the, like in that opening scene in, in 1968, they talk about like its only goal is to infect everything. Right. So basically when it grows into the earth, if you kill an infected or stepped on a patch of infected land miles away, if it is connected through the earth, that could activate that hive of infected, which then would come to you because it knows where you stepped or where you killed another one of them. So I think that is an interesting concept that they, you know, might even include in the games moving forward or something like that, where, um, you know, you have to be careful. Like you can go, you basically, in the games, it's it's so much different, right? Because you can, there's different play styles. Some people play a stealth game where they try to sneak past everything or kill everything quietly. Some people play it like it's Uncharted where you just murder everything, right? Like, And if you play it on some of the easier game modes, you have more ammo, you have more things to do all of this. Um, but I like that if you, you have to be careful because if you do it a certain way or a loud way, it can infect or all the infected can come after you. Um, it's like communism. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically in a weird way. Uh, which, well, yeah. Yeah. So they get to the Boston museum after this, they go down and then they see basically some infected roots growing into the door there, but they are dead roots. Like Joel checks it to make sure that they're basically one of my favorite um, lines in, part this, of this. in this part. It's dry. <laughs> and it is gross. Like I will say the production design of, of, of a dry root kind of breaking is a really good yeah. effect in terms of like, you can tell like some of it is practical and then some of it again has been enhanced in post, but like just his line delivery and like he's dead serious, but it is kind of funny where it's just like, it's dry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I love it too. Cause it has that tactile again, look to it where if you, you, you've stepped on something like that before and like if you've gone on a hike or something, right? Yeah. Like it's a dead root or a dead, something dead that just kind of turns into ash almost. Right. So like, um, they go into the museum. I like the moment where they, you know, uh, Tess and Joel bring out their guns and their flashlight. Joel asked, do you have one of these? And, or did you, did Marlene also pack you one of these or just sandwiches? Um, and then, uh, still kind of being a smart ass to her. Uh, she asked for a gun again. Uh, and they're like, no, we're not giving you a gun. Like, it's just, you're a child. Um, so she, they all go into the museum with their flashlights and guns drawn, at least Tess and Jewel. They explore. It's very dark. It's creepy. It's ominous. You don't know what's in there because, you know, 
it's overgrown, but not overgrown to the uh, the point of, of foliage like before, but overgrown within in fungus basically. But it's all been it's dry, it's dead, it's dry. Um, but also, this is important a, because you mentioned uh, Uncharted in the opening of the Uncharted yeah, movie. Yeah. There's the young uh, Nathan Drake and his brother busting Which is into in the games a as Boston well, yeah. museum, and I wonder if it is the same museum that they broke into. So um, I I was just kind of thinking like, oh, they're both not. It probably is too. and like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there are kind of hints that they're not necessarily in the same universe, but they hint at one another in the, in each other's games. Right. So uh, it could be the same universe, but the timelines don't necessarily uh, match up completely, but yeah. there are nods to the last of us in uncharted and there are nods to uncharted in the last of us games. So I think that's interesting. And then even the juxtaposition there of like the uncharted movie we just got versus the last <laughs> of us adaptation we're getting and both naughty dog, both PlayStation productions, both Sony productions, right? Cause this is a Sony pictures television production. Yeah. Both uh, in Boston, on HBO. only one had Mark Wahlberg, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank God. Um, <laughs> so imagine Mark Wahlberg is Joel. Um, so anyways, hey there's God, a nice creepy sequence of them. <laughs> Say hi to the clicker for me, all right? Um, so they see uh, a man who has recently bit um a series stop i'm not talking to you <laughs> like yeah you didn't get that okay no it's okay um, now was he bit or was, was he shredded bit. to, to bits because that is something that tests oh because he was dead right he's yeah. not infected right so yeah it seems like he was shredded like basically like mauled almost yeah he was darth um, mauled but um tess also does mention when they're kind of looking above as well that it doesn't matter if you're not infected they can still rip you to shreds and then you kind of yes. see the results so, of that. And that's a line that they say to Ellie, right? Yeah. I believe being like, you can't get infected, but they can tear you apart, essentially. So you still need to be careful. You can't just be like, well, I can't, I'm not infected. I can't get infected. So who the fuck cares? I'm not scared of these things. Um, that's good. Good point, Eric. So um, so they kind of do this really creepy kind of walk up the stairs as they see all these dry, dead, old, infected on the stairs. Uh, they hear something upstairs, right? Like a glass shatter or something like that. Yeah. Um, I believe is why they go up there. Um, and then uh, Ellie accidentally steps on uh, the ashy dead kind of body of one of the infected, makes a noise. Everyone's tense. They still hear something upstairs. So they they walk up into the um, the exhibit upstairs and then we get kind of the awesome first reveal uh, of a clicker so there's two clickers up there or one i forget there's Just two the one there's two um there's two right yeah. yeah so and i love the production design even walking up the stairs of the dead and all the dead well, people the, the head on the stair on that one stair, yeah like yeah that's was, what i yeah. was just referencing yeah it was really really cool so they go up into this exhibit uh they hear some noises and you get that first reveal of this clicker um which i think is awesome like it looks ripped straight from the game but also uh, all practical effects like you can tell it's someone in a costume like in a in a suit that they built um i mean it's a mix of cg uh oh what happens is that uh the outside collapses like the ceiling collapses right as they walk in correct yeah. and then that's the noise that brings out the clickers basically so clickers for people who aren't familiar in the game and you watch the show they kind of explain it but like through you know, subtle kind of interactions with the characters. They can't see anything because the fungus has kind of overgrown their face. Uh, so they only uh, 
go by sound essentially very quiet place very jurassic park very they sound like like velociraptors the clicking sounds like velociraptors yeah this whole sequence reminded me of jurassic park yeah in the the kitchen right with the kids going after the yeah and that's exactly what i thought of eric and i know i mentioned jurassic park in the quiet place as well and um you know my favorite video game of all time favorite movie of all time but this did really remind me of of jurassic park in moments of those raptors going after them because like and even the t-rex right because the t-rex uh uh can't really see with its beady little eyes so like um i I think it's just a really tense kind of cool introduction to a different type of infected and is slowly showing the audience that there are different versions of this right which was mentioned runners it was mentioned in this episode where you know joel tells ellie when they're having that one-on-one conversation that some infected can be you know last a month two months or they can be walking around for 20 years and so we're seeing the state of a person who's probably been infected for a long period of time and that longer fungus completely taking over yeah so they have this really creepy like like kind of thing as they walk Ah. around and they only go by sound yeah kind of sound like raptors um uh i love the design of these things and basically they're being quiet but there's that really great shot of it turning towards the camera and then all hell breaks loose essentially so uh joel tess and ellie are running around the museum exhibit basically tess and joel or joel grabbing ellie to run away or tess grabbing ellie uh there's two clickers going after them uh basically pinning them down there's you know uh joel trying to shoot at some of them uh tess trying to shoot at any some of them ellie uh kind of getting away from both of them and just basically just shit hitting the fan of them running around trying to i love how chaotic this is because in the game it can be a little more methodical and you can tell like this is one of the first times that they've interacted like joel and tess have probably maybe interacted with a clicker but um in this moment it just catches them all off guard and it's just all hell breaks loose and i really like the chaotic nature of this because um like i mentioned each playthrough of the last of us can be different based on how you play it right like and i like that the show is basically if you're playing the game on grounded mode which is the hardest difficulty which i'm currently doing with the last of us part two which i've never done before usually i play games on like normal difficulty which means you get a lot of ammo you can kind of go about it how you want it's it's challenging but it's not too difficult where this is like the realistic mode where you have only like a couple bullets you have to sneak by these things and if you alert them they will fucking kill you um so i it's funny it's reminding me of playing the game right now because i'm playing it in a much different way where i have no ammo I'm scared shitless. And when a clicker comes after me, I just run away. (laughs) Basically, like I have to run away and hide or try to kind of outsmart this thing. And they're they're not necessarily smart, but they're just so ruthless that they come at you at uh, every noise you make. So um, it lasts quite a while where Joel and Ellie then come together and they're kind of creeping around to try not to alert the other clicker. Um, But Joel steps on glass basically as well. And yes, which is, yeah. Yeah. And I was Go also going to say just quickly, because before they they enter this room, the other thing that maybe we should mention is that Joel does say, like, once he kind of figures out that there could be a clicker, he tells Ellie, we're not going to even talk anymore. We're going to be silent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, and again, then, a quiet yeah, I place, love the right? moment. So. Yeah. Which got it from Last of Us. Definitely. Uh, Bex <laughs> and Woods took and that then, directly um, from them. absolutely and like you guys have probably been annoyed with how much i've referenced last if if you listen to our other shows untitled movie reviews or untitled movie podcast if you're new thank you uh but if you go back i've been referencing the last of us in every movie i've seen that takes even a little bit from it um 
I love when the clicker pins Joel down. You mentioned that he steps on glass. Great nod to the games because that's exactly from the games. If you step on glass, something can be alerted and come after you. Uh, I love it pinning Joel down and him having to shoot it in the chest a couple times. And then is it Tess that comes with the axe and, yes. and smashes one of them? And then uh, basically they take down uh, both clickers um, and uh, – you know, just a really good action sequence, right? Like we don't think of this show as kind of like it's horror, horror adventure kind of things like at times, but like this was probably the first very intense, like scary, you know, we've had other moments with the clickers at the beginning or sorry, with the runners at the, in the uh, opening and, and stuff like that. But um, this first introduction to the clicker, I think is, it was really effective and really kind of intense. Um, yeah, again, the design so of, the, we, of those things yeah. are just like when you when you see the close up. I mean, it's obviously been in the promotional material. It's weirdly beautiful too, with the fungus yeah. and like, but really creepy as well. Yeah, with the colors and um, even just like the teeth, like the way that we see the teeth still and yeah. the, the bottom half of the face. There's just something about that as an image that is very striking and 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 like this kind of weird, almost like a like a headpiece or like a, like it, it could be interpreted as almost like a helmet in a way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they leave the uh, museum through a window, go out. Uh, Tess has hurt her ankle at this point, which you've seen the episode, which is, um, I think, almost just play. She probably did actually hurt her ankle, but it's almost like playing off something else that happened to show that she's hurt. Um, you see Ellie does she reveal that she's been bitten a second time yeah or is it later? Well, no no she she yeah. re- she reveals it like when they're when they're leaving it's like well if it, if it was to happen yeah. to one of us at least it's me yes and then and i i love they leave because they've already killed the clickers yeah. then but it's that yeah. line also feels both comedic but then it also is tragic when you get to the end of the episode because it wasn't just yeah her, you know yeah and i i love that as well of just like tess and joel being skeptical but then having – because they never saw Ellie get bit the first time. They never saw – like they don't necessarily – like they just have to believe what Marlene says and what Ellie's saying. Where I love the addition of her getting bit a second time because um, it kind of gives them tactile – I've used that word too many times this episode. But like proof that, you know, okay, I saw her get bit. I see the wound and now I can kind of see this for myself in real time. Like is it going to happen? Was it a one-off thing? Is it just like – you know, again, it's good that she got bit, I guess, because, you know, okay, she's not infected, but it's still to them going, okay, well, now I can monitor this myself and see it from my own eyes, right? Um, I think that is interesting. Yeah, and as they're bandaging, um, so they give they give uh, Ellie um, uh, like like a piece of cloth to kind of tie up on her arm to, to keep yeah. the wound kind of uh, concealed, but also when... Also from the games, whenever you use a health pack, that's what happens. Also when... <laughs> that's really important it is um but the other thing that i think is important in terms of 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 the character development and dynamic here in in the moment that that tess and and um joel have when she's duct taping her uh, or putting um tape over her her ankle Her, her ankle yeah she's starting to act differently She's starting yeah, to be more optimistic how she looks at him. Yeah. about Ellie, about saying, well, what if there is this chance? And, you know, maybe it, this is worthwhile. And I mean, look that we, we've seen her just get bit and there's nothing that's, you know, happening immediately afterwards. And that could be interpreted in a way that, you know, she is 
you know, trying to do something nice in facing death herself, but also it could be that she is the more open-minded person compared to Joel, yeah. where Joel, you know, is more kind of, you know, black and white doesn't see and, and Tess is as well. She's, I think she's pragmatic, but there's something there where it feels like you could interpret that reaction that she's having but it's also a tip-off that something is wrong and i did and i'm not sure maybe watching it again you would get it but like watching it twice you don't see um tess get bit which i think is interesting because i think it's off screen right like it's when they get split apart where where they get split apart it's it's for the reveal at the end right which i i definitely appreciate but for new for people who don't know it's coming and again like that is that ruthlessness of this story and even to HBO's you know credit into the actors that you know took these roles knowing that they were essentially guest roles right like Anna Torv being only in two episodes is like you know she's not like a she hasn't done I don't know a whole bunch since um uh Fringe, Fringe. right but like I I I like her as an actress I liked Fringe enough so like she was a name uh being cast in that role so uh, for her to just know that it's only going to be these two episodes and makes kind of a lasting impact, but we will get there. Um, so I, I do also like the moment of Ellie crossing the wooden, the wood planks on the ladder because Joel and, and Tess be like, Oh, I know it's scary. Just don't look down or whatever. And she's like, what was inside was scary. That this was scary. And this like, is wood. This is wood. Yeah. And I think that's great. She just kind of walks, has no fear and just walks right across uh, the ladder uh, which I thought was great. Uh, so after that conversation with Tess that Eric mentioned, uh, uh, Joel walks across the ladder, joins Ellie um, on the other side to look out into uh, the view of of, of Boston, right? Yeah. Like they're on the top there. They kind of look at this kind of weirdly beautiful view and they talk about that being like, well, this this view is is, is Can't beat it. You can even see – you can even see in this moment like uh, – basically you know sharing this moment with uh, together with Ellie, standing side by yeah. side right i mean it's in again yeah in a lot of the promotional material where you know joel kind of looks at ellie and again in a way that it's like wow you you see something beautiful here where i you know maybe don't i i, I see I'm, more yeah, terrain exactly. right i see more obstacles i see you know um death lurking at every opportunity where she sees I, something great because partly she's young partly you know she's she doesn't know what she lost yeah and then also she's on she 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 could possibly be the cure or, or has the immunity yeah. to the infected so and again another wonderful moment of the watch is so important is like after that moment he looks at his watch again right like right after and it's just that continuous like it's not in your face it is subtle because if you're not really like paying paying attention like i don't know maybe i'm not giving people enough credit but like i love the moment that he just like he continuously looks at his watch after each one of these interactions with ellie and it is that slow character building right like of that relationship building between the two like at first she's cargo and Joel is starting to see in those moments where she sees the world in a different light. Right. Like, and he sees that in his daughter, Sarah and what he lost and like what she lost. And like, um, and he sees that the world isn't just, you know, uh, this 
you know, like, like you just summed it up perfectly, Eric, that like there is, you can see this world in a different light, even though like he's lived through it for 20 years, probably doesn't have much to live for, but for some reason he keeps going and maybe, you know, there is a reason he keeps going. Um, so basically they continue out. Um, they then get to where they're supposed to drop Ellie off at, at this point. I think he, he thinks he's about to drop Ellie off, right? Like they're almost there. Yeah. That, that, like, that they're done um, with this part of their journey and their lives. And now they can move on to finding Tommy. Yeah. So they think they're about to drop Ellie off. Uh, but then as they get there, they realize, um, all the fireflies have been killed and I might've skipped over a little bit of stuff there. Well, they're kind of, they're, they're kind of, um, uh, what what do they call it? Uh, casing the outside of the facility of the courthouse to kind of look like what's going on. And they start to notice that, uh, there's no guards. There's no, you know, yeah. Like there should be a presence here at the fireflies. We're kind of controlling this place. So they see a dead body by a truck, um, that looks like it was recently killed. Um, they basically are are wondering what the hell's going on. Uh, Joel kind of examines everything. Um, I think again, Ellie asks for a gun at yeah. this point. No. Um, so yeah, like like. Uh, but that's where the, the that's truck, where the humanity of those characters still comes into play, where they're grown ups and they're not going to give a child or a teenager a gun. You know, like the, even though the world has ended, and and practically, I mean, like it would be something to keep her safe if she had her own defense but But then she also could go wrong right she's a child and she could shoot herself or or by accident or anything like that uh so they go into the courthouse very distraught and see that all of the fireflies that they were supposed to meet are dead Uh, a lot of them with bullet wounds um and then they wonder what's going on so tess and joel talk about it and it seems like one of them got infected uh, probably bit some of the other ones and then someone ended up killing, like they all started shooting each other. No one won. That's what other. he says. Like he's yeah. like, nobody won and they're all yeah. dead, you know? Yeah. So essentially they basically all ended up killing each other because uh, one of them got infected and, and you know, they all panicked and, and, and killed each other. Uh, so they don't know what the hell to do at this point because uh, these are the people they were supposed to trade Ellie off to. Um, and basically get some supplies from them and get that battery. So then Joel and Tess could just continue on, uh, on their way. Uh, at this point you see Tess starting to get very kind of emotional and, and agitated about all this and saying like, uh, um, basically like there is no continuing after this, like, like I'm not going with you. Um, and then that's when Ellie kind of goes, Oh fuck, she's infected. Um, like Ellie notices it based on like Tess, Tess's change that Eric mentioned in that conversation of being like, oh, she wouldn't say that unless she got bit. Yeah. Um, and that's the only reason. So then Tess reveals uh, that she was uh, bitten in the fight at the museum. Um, and basically Joel, Joel's face just, uh, I think, really good acting from Pedro Pascal again of just being like shocked and, and emotional, but also doesn't want to show his emotion. Um, so Tess reveals that she's bitten on her neck, which if uh, you know, based on Eric mentioning in the last episode with the different tiers of being infected, if you're bitten your neck, it's only like an hour or two before you're infected um, because it's close to your brain is essentially where it needs to go. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then they show... Tess goes, Ellie, show me your arm. 
basically. Um, and it's trying to convince Joel that like, you, you see her perspective change, like Eric mentioned earlier of like, like she could be it. She could like, we've never seen this before of someone, at least they haven't um, seen someone who is completely immune to the virus. Like she's been bitten twice now. It stopped immediately. You can see it already kind of healing on her arm where it's not spreading compared to Tess. I think that's yeah. good juxtaposition, juxtaposition as well. Cause you see how quickly it's spreading on Tess and how it's not spreading on Ellie at all. So basically Tess like, says joel you have to do this you have to take her take her to bill and frank they'll know what to do um you need to kind of like continue on this journey and 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 give her to them uh we see the one uh firefly who was infected wake up basically in the middle of this conversation um joel goes over shoots him and then this is when you see the the tendrils the gross little like tentacles of that fungus crawl in under his fingernails and into his body that infected and it kind of like grasp him. And you can tell at that point it cuts to that swarm of infected that they saw earlier in the city of Boston. And then the tentacles kind of going up and waking them all up, basically letting them know where everyone is. Um, which I think is a cool addition. I really like that. Like, uh, cause in the game you kill one of them and then that's your only thing, unless someone's in your, uh, ear sight is that what you would call that or sound <laughs> um if they can hear the gunshot the infected might run over and it's also um, i think a so good moment for yeah Eric for for point? for joel as a character because again you know having heard the news of tess like i wonder if he would have shot that infected right away because they know that like that could trigger something because he's on the kind of grassy fungus patch right when the, when the thing's crawling there you know so but in that moment maybe he's not thinking, thinking clearly because yeah. he's kind of like yeah i like that um basically tess is like you need to get the fuck out of here right now i'm staying behind she starts knocking over the oil barrels or the gasoline barrels um and the grenades under the ground um and then you get that that line that i said at the beginning of the episode where she goes to joel and says save who you can save and then basically says, like, I'm staying behind. You need to get out of here now. So Joel grabs Ellie by the arm, uh, runs out of the courthouse. Uh, Tess stays behind. Uh, you get the swarm of infected break into the courthouse. Some of them run by Tess. She kind of wanders off to the side. Um, and one of the infected comes over and <laughs> gives her a weird, gross smooch. And like, well, you know what they say. I, you know what they say. Yeah. Every kiss begins with the K. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. Um, it was so. It, it's such a. It was unsettling and something I, you never happens in the game. Um, I think a weird sort of weird decision that i'm sort of like okay it's unsettling and creepy and I, I should say at this moment tess is trying to light her um her lighter yeah. to try to light the gasoline on fire to explode the courthouse i think there uh, is something important about that though because she is in the process of becoming infected but the infected will still attack her and in some you know, genre movies, whether it be zombie films or vampire yeah. movies or or things where, where somebody is in the process of turning into something else, the other creatures won't attack the person. Like in speaking of- Is this attacking or does it notice that she's infected and wants to give her a big old smooch to just move it along well, faster? May, maybe a little bit, but, but mentioning, I mean, you posted a photo of uh, uh, Alien 3, which is mimicking. Yeah. The, the alien won't kill Sigourney Weaver in Alien 3 because it knows that it- 
that there's an alien inside her. You know, sometimes you have to kind of establish like what are the rules there. And I think in this moment you could take it either way, right? Like I think it it might sense that Tess is infected and is like, here, let me help you along a little quicker instead of – because like – regularly they'd bite people on the neck, right? They wouldn't necessarily smooch them on the lips. So I just, uh, uh, a very un- unsettling image. And then, so as that happens, as the infected is given uh, Tess a big old kiss, uh, she drops the lighter, which she finally is able to uh, start. And then she uh, basically sets off the gasoline, which then sets off all the explosive and blows up the courthouse. You see it from, Joel and Ellie's view outside of the courthouse. Uh, you can tell Joel like is emotional, but doesn't want to show it in front of Ellie. Um, so he kind of just walks off after the explosion and you can kind of see Ellie taking it all in. Uh, she kind of just looks distraught and takes a deep breath and walks off. And then we cut to the credits. Yeah. And, and also just a quick thing as well, Ellie, like in that moment where Tess makes that sacrifice before, like when Joel is taking her out of the courthouse, Ellie doesn't want to leave Tess. And I think that's an, even though she's infected as well, because it feels like there's a there, even though again, like the bond is going to be between Joel and Ellie, there was a moment there where Ellie sees something in Tess. That's also, you know, Tess is, is now looking out for somebody else, you know? And, and, and it's like, we don't, she's like being dragged by Joel and, and Ellie's saying like, we can't leave her here, you know? Yeah, man. Um, a depressing ending, um, which is uh, you're going to get a bit of in this story. It's not necessarily – I think it goes back to that first question that you you asked me of like is this kind of a optimistic or cynical kind of worldview of, of what they're going through. And I think it, I keep going back to it's a little bit of both. But um, yeah, I, I think it's it, – you know. Uh, an intense ending, um, you know, a character that some people might've thought was going to be a big part of this series, um, is gone in the second episode. Uh, but I think it also just shows you how, you know, important Ellie is, uh, right. Like to completely change Tess in a day, um, to the point, and maybe, you know, her knowing her own mortality is basically what kind of, catapults that to her going like if you have a chance we need to kind of see if this is real right like um and they probably start seeing that in ellie in all those playful moments like i'm saying where she has this innocence to her where she isn't as cynical as they are it doesn't see the world in the same way where they're like for this you know this girl that knows she could be important but isn't necessarily thinking about it too much like they need to kind of push her in that direction and and see if this is real so i think her sacrifice there is is important to the overall story and just to how much joel has lost right like you can kind of say like oh okay him and tess were working together like they kind of needed each other for you know reasons but you can tell that he's distraught over her death right like that is his his partner, his, his probably spent years with, um, during, we don't know, like that 20 year time jump, how much he spent with Tess. But, um, yeah, I think it just shows to an audience that hasn't played the games. Like, you know, this is a, a cruel world. So at any moment you could, you could go. So cherish what you have and, and, and stuff like that. So I thought it was a good ending. Yeah. It's again, bookended in a way that is, is, is kind of, um, 
ominous and tragic in you know the things that we lose over time and like you know the beginning of this episode in that prologue you know the 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 world as joel knew it ended you know in this period the world as 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 humanity knew it in 2003 was about to end and we were going to you know there's going to be this you know mass bombing across the planet and and you know did that work was that the best way in 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 retrospect who knows Uh, but um you know to start off with such a downer and then end in such a way that's also (laughs) as bleak because you have a character you've gotten to know a little bit over, you know, an episode. And again, you know, feature length being that first episode. And now, you know, at the end of this, it kind of shows like, okay, well, you know, humanity as a whole, you know, what's the responsibility to, you know, saving individual people and, and what that means, you know, do, do you rescue the few or do you try to, you know, look at it from the point of view of the bigger picture? Um, is the yep. bigger picture about saving what is left as a whole, you know, like what can you cut off in order to save what hasn't been infected? And so like, exactly, this is something yeah. that I think like, as we'll continue to discuss it, it'll come up again and again and again in terms of the thematics of what this story is all about. And I mean, this episode really does feel like it is more, um, uh, pessimistic and and doom and gloom than it is anything else and it is a harder episode to really kind of take in even though there is that you know action beat in in the museum and and, and things like that and, and again i think you need that week between this episode and episode three and and the week before because it is a lot to take in and i think one thing that is really unfair about criticizing something like this so early on this is not the walking dead this really is not anywhere near it and you know i made it i did get a message from my mom i'm so happy that like um my mom checked out the last of us because i told her to and i got a couple messages from her being like Matt, I don't know if I can do this. This is really intense. Like in the first like yeah. 40 minutes of the show where she's like, I might have to turn this off. I'm having anxiety. And I'm like, mom, stick with it. It's really, really good. And then she's like, oh my God, his daughter died. And then she's like uh, going through and I got all these reactions. She's like, this reminds me of The Walking Dead. And I was like, mom, how dare you for one? <laughs> You're no like, longer on talking but I under- terms. But I understand that. But it is, I, a sh- I but it is also a shallow, I, I'm talking more from the sense of like, critics and people that that oh that totally, know yeah. genre i think it's such a shallow comparison and i even tweeted this earlier where it's like you know comparing uh the last of us to the walking dead is basically comparing the beatles to the bay city rollers or nickelback and it's just like it's 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 <laughs> yeah it's both music but, but it's, it's not like, necessarily the same thing and when you see what this show they both is have doing, guitars just yeah. like they both have infected things right but it's but who's it's playing like, them and how they play yeah. it and how they perform yeah. you know and those and don't things get me wrong i play. get i get the appeal of the walking dead i watched the first couple seasons and enjoyed it um and i know there's still some people who who enjoyed all 154 seasons of it um but i just um i i yeah they are trying to do different things i think right like one is popcorn entertainment and you know i you know i love invincible you know i love robert kirkman um so like i think he in in the massive success that comic and that show had i think definitely even helps this show right like i definitely think it helps the appeal of this kind of show like it could hurt it in a sense too of being like we've gotten a lot of 
zombie, I'm using air quotes, content over the last decade or so, or not even decade, decades. Um, but I, I think it does help it based on Walking Dead is ending. People might want that to continue, that type of thing. And then they go over to this and get something that's a little bit more, you know, uh, grounded or 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 I don't know maybe I'm insulting disparaging Dead, I, I think in, in yeah. a way where almost The Walking Dead again is more exploitative in how it emotionally yeah, manipulates you this yeah it earns those dramatic beats and even again with a character like Tess you know it it, it feels like we only knew her for, for a short period of time but we saw enough of her from her perspective but also from Joel's perspective too. and even yeah. Ellie you know like these things are are important where I think the walking dead was all about sensationalism and about like advertising yeah. who could die on this week's episode. And it was also kind of and coming I think out at the same time as I, game of Thrones. Right. So, yeah. And I remember watching walking dead and that being one of my big issues is like, I think in like season one, someone dies or something. And like, you spend a whole episode mourning them um, in the walking dead. And I was like, I don't even, fucking know these people i'm like i don't care that that person died you didn't do anything to make me care where i do agree with you in this maybe it's the i like hearing it from you because i have the decade-long history with the game so maybe i'm a little bit more attached to it and even tests in the video game you spend i would say about equal amounts of time like she's in a, the first chunk of the game right and there it takes a little bit longer obviously because of exploration and and different things like that but um they really do a good job for you to be affected basically because of Joel and because of Ellie and, and the relationship that is even just hinted at between Tess uh, and Joel over the years. So, and just you being attached to Joel and everything he's lost during this time so far. So he really is kind of like a broken, the watch is like, he's a broken man, right? Like the watch is, uh, he's a broken watch man. That. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good show on HBO as well. Uh, all right, guys, that's going to wrap up this episode of The Cast of Us. Uh, thank you so much uh, for listening or watching. We really do appreciate it. We've heard um, you know, quite a few people reach out and say that they really enjoyed that first episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed this one as well. Uh, I'm having a blast doing it. This is something different for us. Like I mentioned, we do two other shows called Untitled Movie Reviews and Untitled Movie Podcast where we just review uh, new movies, sometimes new streaming shows as well when it's something like The Last of Us or some Disney Plus or Netflix show and something like that. If it has some tangential connection to film, we will probably cover it or it's something that Eric and I like and we just want to cover it even though it has nothing to do with movies. It might have something to do with games or something like that. And then the Untitled Movie Podcast is just us shooting the shit, uh, talking about the entertainment industry. Our newest episode, we'll talk about the Critics' Choice Awards um as well as a sundance preview eric and i will be covering sundance over on untitled movie reviews sundance? so go check that out so go check that out as well um but yeah like i've it, this is a fun thing like I, I i really like getting in depth in these episodes and doing something different i feel like it's some of the best stuff we've done uh personally just because i you can tell I really give a shit about this and and Eric I think you're you you seeing it for the first time I think it it, it is a really kind of interesting conversation and well I love I genre more of this as well stuff. Like, right like yeah it's, yeah it's, you're it's a big that, genre guy a horror guy I'm yeah. a real horror head um yeah it's just one of those things like when when you have the freedom to talk about you know plot points but also themes and and comparisons in a way that you're, you're assuming people have watch the episode 
it feels yeah. more freeing, right? Like you can kind of get in depth and really, you know, break it down and dissect what works, what doesn't. And in this case, this is, you know, it it is a densely plotted, emotionally draining experience, but it's rewarding because it is so well-written and so incredibly well-acted that when you're watching it, you you think to yourself, man, I wish everything had this much <laughs> yeah. attention to detail and you feel yeah. that and you feel the care that's being put into it and not in, a, not in a precious or pretentious way, but in a way that it's like the people who are making this know what they're doing and they're giving you the best version of a TV adaptation, you know? And, and that is, again, it, it's why you love different art forms and see the contrasts and comparisons to those things and listening to you having talked about this for, you know, a, a decade now and, and getting, Since we met essentially. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and getting these references. Yeah. Cause I've known you now for 12 years. Um, yeah. And now getting those references, but also seeing them and how they've influenced other filmmakers or even, you know, the things that were influences. Or what they've, yeah. Like yeah, I didn't, on I, them, I mean, yeah. I, me I think I probably mentioned it on, on the kind of general consensus, the, the, the review of the series as a whole, which is spoiler free. Yeah. Um, you know, like even Stephen King's the stand, which is one of my favorite Stephen yeah. King uh, novels. And then also, you know, stalker like those are things where i'm seeing a lot of like art house influences on this show on, or or yeah. the show taking that into consideration so like again this is a really well done show and 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 i think if you give it a chance and stick with it especially once we get to episode three um you'll That's be fully invested so yeah, yeah. So we will end it there. Uh, thank you all. You can follow me at Matt Rohrbeck on all social medias, uh, Eric at EM6211. Uh, get ready for next week, everyone. Uh, I just want to tease that. I, it's very different, um, but I think it. I, I'll stop it there. Just bookmark next Sunday at 9 p.m. I'd say try to watch that episode live. Um, and I cannot wait to talk about that. So we will be back. We'll have new episodes at 10 p.m. Eastern every Sunday, the minute the episode ends. So come right back here. You can listen to it right away or save it for Monday morning, whatever you want to do. Uh, but if you want it, the minute the episode ends, we will be here with a recap, review, and breakdown of each episode of HBO's The Last of Us. Until next time. It's dry. See you, bro. <laughs>